By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. Welcome to the Conscious Fertility Podcast. Today, my guest is Lynn McTaggart. And this is a throwback episode because I've taken a past recording that I did around 2019, 2020 with Lynn McTaggart on the Conscious Talk series. And it's really relevant for the Conscious Fertility podcast um, because in it, we talk about the science of consciousness and how we can benefit on both a personal and global level, talking about the power of aid, her latest book and the rebound effect using intention and the power of thought. And for those looking to grow your family, we do bring in reproductive health and infertility um, into this discussion and just bringing that consciousness into our lives. So whether you're wanting to grow your family or you're just looking for more health, happiness, love, abundance in your life, I think this is an episode that you would enjoy. So let's just get right to it and cut into the interview that I did with Lynn McTaggart and you'll hear me interview her there. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Please send me back any com comments or feedback. And if you're looking to do conscious work with me, you can contact me through AccuBalance Wellness Center, where I do both in clinic, where I use acupuncture and laser therapy, as well as um, via telehealth. So online for wherever you are in the world, I can do this conscious work with you. Enjoy this episode with Lynn McTaggart. Today we're with Lynn McTaggart. She is a lecturer, a journalist, an author, and publisher. She's the author of seven books now, including my favorites, The Intention Experiment, The Field, and The Power of Eight. And she is a preeminent spokesman on the new science of consciousness. Her website is lynnmctaggart.com. Um, and she's also been listed as one of the, in the top 100 spiritually influential people. And I got my signed copy of The Power of Eight. So I recommend you go to her website too and pick up a copy of this. It's amazing. Lynn, thank you very much for making time today to chat. Oh, it's my pleasure. I want to get right into it. So what is this new science of consciousness and why do we care? Like, how can we as individuals benefit from understanding, knowing about this new science and how does this then help us globally? Well, um, my exploration into this started when I did research for my book, The Field. And what I discovered, I wanted to find out why things like spiritual healing work. Um, and I thought there might be something like human energy fields. And I figured if I talk to a couple of frontier scientists working in consciousness research, they'll be able to, to tell me. I kept thinking, well, if we have a thought and we can send it to someone else and make them better, that undermines everything we think about how the world works. So I spoke to some of these scientists and I discovered very quickly that they were all on the verge of a discovery of a completely new science, a completely new view of the world. And essentially, and I've put all of their different discoveries together in the field, essentially what they've discovered is that the old Newtonian idea that we are discrete and separate, well-behaved objects, 
operating according to fixed laws in time and space is completely wrong. That we are part of a dynamic relationship with our environment, with everything, and also a part of a giant energy field, the zero point field, pretty much like the, a knot on a rope. So rather than discrete and separate entities, we are all connected. Now, lots of people in the spiritual community say this, but it's really true. But they've also discovered all kinds of amazing things that our brains are not, our minds are not locked inside our heads. And that our brains, rather than being a repository of information, is much more like a an antenna receiver, picking up information from this energy field. Other things that the currency of the body is not chemistry, and we're not a collection of chemical and electrical signals, but frequency, and that we are speaking to ourselves and also communicating with the outside world via frequency too, that subtle conversations of light go on all of the time. Now, this isn't the stuff of fantasy. These are all credible scientists working in prestigious universities and areas of learning who discovered this idea that didn't fit conventional science. Their discoveries were a round peg in a square hole, basically, but they carried on with the research. And so what they've discovered, to answer your question, is that we're very different from where, what we've been told. And one of the central things that fascinated me the most was discoveries that our thoughts are not locked inside our heads, but are trespassers and they're things, but they're not only just things, they're things that affect other things. And so that's been the centerpiece of my work ever since writing that book, trying to investigate how far we can take this. If thoughts are things and they affect other things, can we cure cancer with our thoughts? Can we heal the world with our thoughts? And what happens if lots of people are thinking the same thought at the same time? So this has huge implications for every part of our life. That's why we need to know about it. And I'm assuming then after your, the, the field and the intention experiment, this is what brought you to your book, The Power of Eight, where you started to use this in healing. And so can you share with us what you discovered? Um, I know you talk about rebound effect because we often think, I know when we've done some of your Power of Eights at our a clinic in Vancouver at AccuBalance, a lot of people go, me, me, like they want to be the ones getting healed. And in my mind, I'm always chuckling because I'm not sure if everybody understands what the benefit is for those in the circle that are doing the intention. So can you share what, what this is about and, and what this really means for humanity about rather sure. than taking versus giving? Sure. Now, remember at my heart, I am a hard-nosed investigative reporter. So in order to investigate the power of thought, I wanted to put it to the ultimate test. So I thought at the time, which was 2000, early 2000s, well, I know a lot of scientists who were working in consciousness research, and I have lots of readers. The field was in 30 languages. So I thought if I just put them together, I'll have the greatest global laboratory in the world. So I did that. In 2007, I started running intention experiments, working with credible scientists who had done a lot of work in these areas. They would set up some well-controlled experiment, and I would asked my readers around the world to come on my website and send one very well-controlled thought, the same thought everybody should hold, to that target. And we've done 33 experiments, everything from making seeds grow faster to purifying water to lowering violence in war-torn areas to healing someone of PTSD. And of those 33, 
29 have shown measurable, positive, mostly significant effect. You know, there's no drug out there with that kind of consistent track record. So after I started doing this, I started wondering what would happen if I scaled this down to a workshop? But I wasn't really sure how to do this. You know, I'm, I'm a journalist by trade, not a personal development trainer. So I thought, well, I don't know. I was kicking it around with my husband one day and I said, I don't know, maybe I'll just put people in groups of eight or so and have them send a healing intention to a member of the group with a health challenge. And Brian said, oh, I love it. The power of eight. And that's how it started. So we did this with our first workshop. We put people in groups of eight. We thought it was going to be just a simple effect, kind of like getting your back rubbed a bit by your friend. Um, and, you know, nice feel-good effect. And that's not what happened. When people came back the next day, the recipients of the intention were saying things like, I had cataracts and it's 80% better. My knee was due for a knee replacement and I'm walking normally today. You know, I have IBS and my stomach feels normal. And on and on and on it went. But one thing I noticed, both in the large-scale experiments and these small power beat groups, was it wasn't just the recipients that were changing, but the senders too. There was some weird rebound effect going on. I'll give you a wonderful example of this in a guy called uh, Wes. Now, Wes, I organize power beat groups, as you know, at conferences and let people experience it for themselves. Now, Wes was one of the people that was arbitrarily chosen. There were two groups chosen from the Mile High Church in Denver just to do some power beat work, just to try it once, and we were going to film it. And so these were people randomly selected or volunteered. Wes wanted to put himself forward to be a, the target, but there was a woman in the group with stage four cancer. He thought she was more deserving. Wes was suffering from terrible depression, from a very unsatisfactory life. He had been studying to become a doctor, studying biochemistry, when he, uh, he was drafted during the last year of the Vietnam War, and there was no more college deferment. So he had to go to war, be on the front line, and it was so traumatic for him. He came back deeply depressed, and that cycle of negativity continued. He married the love of his life with his second wife, and she died very, you know, not long after of a, a, a fast-growing cancer. So he lost her too, had terrible medical debt, lost his house as a result. You know, by the time I met him and he was 65, he was thinking, what's the use? It was hard enough to get up in the morning. So he does this power of a group. And the next, he goes to bed at night. The next morning, it's like he woke up in Oz. All of a sudden, everything was in technicolor. You know, the grass was greener than it had ever been. The flowers smelled sweeter. And suddenly he had this big rejuvenation, a desire to talk to people when he was avoiding them all kinds of things like that. But then the next night he goes to sleep and he has this lucid dream, kind of like a lucid dream, where he met his 19-year-old self and they were back at campus. And the, somehow the 19-year-old self communicated to him, you know something, there's still time. So Wes woke up the next day and it was like the veil had lifted. He suddenly was absolutely re-engaged in life. He wanted to go for 90-minute power walks. He started doing that. He started getting involved in power beat groups, studying new things, writing. His life is back on track, and it took one power of eight group and a rebound effect for that to happen. 
And that happens over and over and over again. I see it in my intention master classes. When we have a year long course, we put people in groups. They take a six week tele uh, webinar course for me. I then put them in groups and they work for a year after having, they get weekly monitoring guidance, tips, experiments from me and other bonus calls too, where I'm watching their progress all the time. And I notice that it almost doesn't matter whether they, they are the receivers or the senders, because it's all about the group effect. And as long as they're meeting regularly, what we find is pretty much 100% of them eventually have some sort of transformation in their lives, whether it's their health, their finances, their relationships, their career, whatever. And this is something that, again, why we call it the new science, because if you want to put it in the old paradigm, it's hard to make sense of that. I often, um, in, in my practice, when we're working with belief change modalities with my, my patients, I, I often think of it as we're living in a place where the majority think their world is flat. But there's a few people have done some cool research that says it's actually round and it's the earth that goes around the sun, not the other way around. But everything appears to be the other way. And I think we're hitting that paradigm shift. This gives me my follow-up question to you, though. What about those that want to believe? They, they hear these stories and it resonates. And even they might have had some experiences, but then they fall back into this idea where they really feel that we're separate. What advice do you have or what can you offer them to help them see the forest through the trees? We have many skeptics who come to the conferences that I speak at or are part of things, and they don't believe it until they find that it works. I mean, we had a woman not long ago, skeptical in an audience where I was speaking, and she had back pain. She just didn't believe it for one minute, and her back pain disappeared, and suddenly she became a believer. Here's the thing that I think separates the experience from the non-experience with this kind of thing. Belief isn't necessarily essential. It's nice. It's, it's good to believe in the process, but not essential. What's essential is just to experience the group and just to let go so that you enter into the whole experience. You follow the instructions that I give about how to, how to send intention, how to be specific, all the different things that I do. But the main thing I think creates the change is an experience of oneness. You experience not being separate. That's the thing that's so amazing about it. That I think is what is the secret sauce here um, because I studied this. I mean, being a journalist, I was very skeptical. I didn't believe it. I was the ultimate doubting Thomas. I thought this was all a placebo effect for a long time, which is why it took me 10 years of, of witnessing thousands of power of eight groups before I was brave enough to write the book. But what I discovered is people over and over again who uh, were part of my intention experiments, particularly the peace intention experiments, I started surveying people after the event and thousands participate. So I would send out a survey to them and say, okay, how is it for you? And what I found over and over again is them saying things like, I felt like I was part of a higher network. You know, I was sobbing uncontrollably. There were goosebumps up and down my arms. I felt this unbearable energy and heat. Now remember, and on and on, remember people were all participating from their individual computer screen, just as I am participating in this now. 
nobody was sitting in the same room together. They were all individualized. And yet they felt this extraordinary experience of energy and heat, even despite the miles. So something about this group effect, whether it's a big intention experiment or a power bait group, creates this feeling of unity and oneness. And what the power of eight people describe, what my masterclass people describe over and over again, is an experience of being out of their body. Of It's basically a mystical experience. You know, the Course in Miracles calls it um, the holy instant. You know, it's a spiritual orgasm, basically. And what they feel is Abraham Maslow, the famous psychologist, um, studied peace experiences, and he found that there were about five different qualities to it. One was this overwhelming feeling of oneness. Then there is the feeling of energy, you know, and heat, a change in your not being aware of your environment, a blinding epiphany of, of meaning, you know, suddenly the universe makes sense to you, and also a kind of rejuvenation, you know, a lust for a change in your life. And my people reportedly always, always report feeling like that when they've really connected in the power of eight group. And we even did brainwave studies on this because, you know, again, I'm always looking for proof. And uh, neuroscientists with Life University, the largest chiropractic university in, in the world, did a series of, neuros, of brainwave studies where we got volunteer students to do power of eight groups and we put EEG caps on them. And we discovered that very quickly, the parts of the brain that make us feel separate, like the parietal lobes, which sit right here, and they help us navigate through space and determine what's me and what's not me, they were turned way down. And so were the parts of the brain, um, the right frontal lobes involved with worry, doubt, negativity, also dialed way down. So these are people with a brainwave signature that are experiencing a feeling of ecstatic oneness. And they are almost identical brainwave signatures to Buddhist monks during ecstatic prayer or Sufi masters during chanting, as studied by the University of Pennsylvania. So even skeptics, if they enter into this and experience the connection and the oneness of these power of eight groups, they will become believers. All right, well, I'll share with our listeners because... I've had experiences, I've witnessed experiences at the um, Power of Eight in the 9OBC with you, Lynn. Um, one of my friends was in my Power of Eight group and she got really, really hot and she stayed hot for an hour after. I mean, we touched her. She was like hot to touch her, every, her whole body. It was quite interesting. And what she was struggling with um, was gone the next day. So it was like body burned it up. Quite, quite yeah. interesting at a power of eight that we did in Vancouver, um, BC, where again, I was doing a workshop and we ended it with the power of eight. And we were, th this group was intending for a gentleman in the group. And this woman, you know, just came because her friends had come. She wasn't even into this stuff. She, she's an accountant, kind of like, it's interesting. And then she emotionally sobbed throughout all. Like she just could not stop sobbing, like intense crying. And afterwards, she shared that it wasn't a, a painful cry. It was a beautiful cry, but she didn't know where it came from and she couldn't control it. It was beautiful. And she had this, for a better sense, uh, this love for this gentleman, right? It was just this beautiful sense. What I want to share with the group is I've had experiences. I've witnessed these experiences. I teach this stuff. 
And there are days where I'm like, really? <laughs> like there's days I'm like, really? I feel separate. And then remembering the stories. And for me, the research, like I know, you know, Dean Radin, um, the research they do at Noetic Institute, you start to read the, the research. If you're somebody like yourself or myself that love some of the evidence to give us that comfort, it reminds us. Because again, going back to that metaphor, that analogy about the earth is flat, I'm sure it was really difficult for the scientists and the people at the time saying, come on, look around you. The world is flat. You've got to be crazy to think it's round. And I think that's what's happening with the new science. Do you have times of full skepticism or have you totally taken you on the other side? Because I still have moments where I'm like, I feel really separate. <laughs> totally. I mean, that is my training as a journalist, always to question and to investigate. And um, that was really the case for me, as I say, for a good 10 years when I was trying to figure out why are these power beat groups working? You know, and I looked at group effects. I looked, of course, at the power of intention. And I also looked at altruism. And altruism is a big piece of it, which is why it has such a big effect, rebound effect, I think. Because, you know, I found it in my master classes. As I said before, pretty much 100% of people, if they're meeting regularly, if they're meeting every week, you know, religiously, they experience some big changes. Um, and they report on them. We have a monitoring system that we do so that we really get people to see where, they, where they're moving to. And I found that when I first started doing it, a lot of people were experiencing great things, but a few weren't. And one of those was somebody like Andy. And Andy was trying everything to get a new job. You know, she uh, divorced, she was going through a divorce. She had two young kids. She'd sold her gift shop. She she couldn't get another job. No matter what the group did, she wasn't getting work. And she was really talented, really good coach, really good marketer, nothing. So finally, I guess I was a bit irritated after a while. And I just said, oh, Andy, just get off of yourself. Stop intending for yourself. Intend for somebody else. And the moment she did that, and she focused on a kid who had tried to commit suicide after breaking up with his first serious girlfriend, a 15-year-old, you know, adolescent aunts, basically. And um, she focused on them as I had the whole group focusing on for about three weeks. The moment she did start focusing on Luke, within a few days, she got a call out of nowhere offering her her dream job. And that has happened over and over and over and over again. So altruism is a huge piece of it. But, you know, I came to conclude, hard-nosed journalist as I am, doubting Thomas as I was, that yes, it's all of these things, but there's also an X factor that's just magic. That's just a new science that we're just beginning to explore and understand. It gives us a glimpse of how different we are from what we've been told. It gives us a glimpse of the power we hold to heal ourselves. That's what I found so fascinating and what I had to finally swallow and finally say, okay, you know what? There's magic here and I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. I love this. Um, at our fertility conference this year, me and my mentor and good friend, Randy Lewis, our keynote, and it's awaken the inner healer. It's all about taking the power back and using your mind to heal your, your body, awaken that inner healer. And, uh, again, I, I got so much from your books. And so thank you for that. The question at our clinic, we treat, well, people come in with lots of different things, you know, 
digestive issues, hormonal issues, anxiety, depression. We treat all kinds of things. And we're, we're famous for fertility using naturopathy, Chinese medicine, laser therapy. Have you had any experience or anything with fertility with the power of eight? Is that something that you would recommend or not recommend to use for power of eight? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, once again, what the power of eight does, there's so many levels to it. And one of the big things it, it does that I think is transformational is unconditional love from strangers. You know, we don't get that. We don't get unconditional love from our loved ones oftentimes, let alone strangers. But people talk about all, always the power of having a group of strangers really sending you healing intention and love and how focused that is. And, you know, when people are going through infertility issues, that is such a lonely business and it's so despairing, particularly if they've lost children, you know, if they've lost, if they've miscarried or had, had stillborns or whatever. It's so frustrating. There's so much worry about the clock ticking and all of those kinds of things. And it's hard for them to look at it as anything other than a giant failure. And it can break up couples, et cetera. So having that support, having both members of the couple have that support, I think would be hugely helpful on so many different levels. And of course, in terms of healing and fertility, well, I see miracles all the time. I tell you, you know, it doesn't always work. I want to make that really clear to people. It doesn't always work first time. Oftentimes I'll say to people, use your group. Like I do this in the masterclass a lot of times. Use your group to help you intend for you to find the right path to healing. Because of course, you know, we have a smorgasbord of options here in whether it's the holistic field or the conventional field. And sometimes you know, conventional, if I get run over by a truck tomorrow, even though I'm so pro holistic medicine, but if I get run over by a truck tomorrow, I want the best of modern high-tech conventional medicine to glue me back together again. That's what they're brilliant at, you know, um, for most chronic things. No, but I think that, for instance, when I said I see miracles, we had a woman just a couple months ago at a conference I was speaking at, she paralyzed from the neck down. And she came in with a motorized sco scooter. It was idiopathic paralysis. The, the doctors did not know why. And she was there, their scooter, et cetera. Her group did this incredibly intense healing intention for her. She described it as feeling like the wheels were coming off of her chair and she was being lifted up. And at the end of it, when I was asking for feedback in the audience, she stood up. She stood up and she turned around and talked to everybody. There wasn't a dry eye in the audience. We all knew it was no fake, it was no plant. She was paralyzed. So I see that kind of miracle. And it's, I know that there's infinite possibility with this. The idea of yeah, engaging the innate wisdom of the body, and that's what we're doing. So we're sharing that there's integration. You've got all these medallies out there, conventional medicine, naturopathy, Chinese medicine, et cetera. And while you're using those things, engage your body because when you eat food, you don't have to tell it how to digest. It knows how to do it. And your body knows how to heal. It has the right environment and sometimes instructions. And so this is something where the X factor, we don't exactly know what's happening. However, using some of these tools, you see these miracles. So I will, um, we'll follow up after our call today. And I think we're going to do some power of eight with fertility and do some experiments with your support to see what we see in my practice. I work on not being attached to that form and outcome, the baby, 
And can they enjoy the process and feel that, you know, what is that the baby brings joy, completeness, can they experience that during the process of wanting to become pregnant? So when they mm -hmm. do become pregnant, they don't feel any different because they've already been experiencing that vibration. That's part of the work we're doing. And yes. if they don't, they're no longer using the baby to create that vibration. They're creating on themselves. And that's how they attract yes. themselves. I would just add on this because I, I kind of an interesting case. I, I have um, both biological and adopted children. And um, I found that with the knowledge that I have now, because my youngest who's adopted is 22, the idea of just helping a child into the world and taking away this, I have to make a baby. It has to be my genetic material. Sometimes taking that away is freeing. I found that anyway. Now, it wasn't a fertility problem. I just, I wanted to adopt and I was also, you know, I was over 40. So I thought, okay, yeah, let's do this. But I found that a really freeing feeling. And now looking at my daughters being grown up, it was so exciting to me to see how much nurture rather than nature is comes to play because they're both gorgeous girls. And I don't ever think of one as being adopted. I don't even think I think of that as being a slightly exotic start, but it was really fascinating. But I just throw that in as something that is possibly free. And also that group, you know, getting back to the power of eight, the group can help with that just that feeling of experiencing an attempt to bring life into the world rather than, as you say, the end product. Love it. And just, we'll add on this and then I have some more questions for you before we wrap up. Women that we see, we've been, I've been in practice since 2000, so our clinic acubalance and women that end up doing donor egg because their first choice is their eggs and then some need to or choose to do donor egg cycle. In my now time of this recording, 20 years of practice, nobody has ever regretted the donor egg cycle, except for one thing they say, I can't believe I wasted so much time and I waited to meet my baby. I wish yeah. I had done this years ago. They yeah. love their child. Like you were saying, it is freeing. Now, oh, they're yeah. in the, so, so that's part of the healing, the power of eight is to get them to help them let go and become receptive. And it's a, it's a complicated process of what their desires are. However, with this new science, they can be at peace while they're still working towards having a baby. And that's, that's my goal. And then I believe if you can awaken that body, it's just another variable that can um, optimize or increase your chances, which is what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just letting go, letting go. Another interesting thing that a lot of people report in power bait groups, I have no way of testing this. I only have these anecdotal stories, but they talk a lot of times about another entity being there. For instance, one woman who was a real empath said she saw light beings behind every chair in her circle. And I've heard that from a number of people. One woman who was due to have a knee replacement and she couldn't, her knee was so wobbling, she couldn't walk on it at all. She felt warm mitts during her power bait group. This is a single power bait group, warm mitts on her, on her knee. Now, it wasn't anybody in the group. It was some other entity. So I don't know, you know, are we visited by other energies during these things? Does it call them down? I don't know. I have no idea. But I know what people report over and over and over again. So something 
And people talk about a little piece of heaven being in the room when they're doing a power of eight group, that something different is happening and it isn't what they feel during meditation or group meditation. It's something different. So I continue to marvel at it. You know, I continue to be one of the big students in the room too, and looking at it further. You mentioned um, earlier the Course of Miracles, and I, I think it's in there where they talk about your external environment as a reflection of your internal environment. And so your thoughts are creating your reality. Mm-hmm. So this is on the top of my head. Just, you know, we have leaders in politics. I don't even have to mention the names because I think most of the countries have leaders in politics that they are questioning. And if our thoughts create re- our reality, I see a lot of people having hates on these political leaders, but did we not put them there as in it's, is this not the collective energy? That's, is that not why they are in power? And that's what we're seeing in the politics. Is this not our leaky bucket? Is this not what's going on on an inside for a majority of our humanity? And that's why we're seeing that. Cause if it wasn't that way, we wouldn't see it that way. I know you, <laughs> you don't have to answer this, but I'm like, and then how can we change that? Like I, so here's my thought, Lynn is, President X, Prime Minister B, wherever we see in them, then we as a collective must have that going on. And that's why it's manifested. It's that leaky buckets, that vibration we're creating our reality. And if we want to change what we see in politics, then we need to change ourselves inside. We don't need to remove people from politics or change politics. The first step is how do we heal our own minds? How do we change our vibration? So it gets reflected back to us in a, we are connected we are, we are one. We are angry, angrier than we've ever been. I mean, I've done a whole, my masterclass because people are so angry. One of my sessions is all about anger in one of the bonus calls because people are so angry. They're just so hair trigger. And of course that's going to be filtering out into the collective consciousness. Um, and you know, the cesspool that is social media is a giant reflection of that. Just people feel they can be, they don't have to be civil anymore to anybody. I think I have several thoughts about politics. I think we're going through a necessary stage, you know, where we have to rebuild in a huge way. So we have to tear down first. So we're putting into play a lot of leaders that are that are destructive or destroying the old, old, old to build the new. But one of the things that I focus on, I don't focus on, a lot of people have written to me and say, they, let's do an intention to get rid of President Trump. And I say back, I have a big broad church. My, my followers, I have lots of Republicans as well as Democrats. I mean, I've, they've been on my retreats. I've had fascinating conversations with you know, the so-called other side. And my interest is much more on healing the polarization. So for me, one of the things that happened that was extraordinary, um, and I think you, you probably saw it, uh, I did a, uh, an intention experiment for uh, Jerusalem, which was suffering from a lot of violence. And I was using uh, technology where I was broadcasting from a studio and there were cameras in different uh, audiences, conference rooms in different Arab countries, eight different Arab countries all along the Gulf. And then the ninth camera, was in an audience filled with Israeli Jews. And we all sent intention together to lower violence in this area of Jerusalem. And afterward, because it was two-way uh, communication, I could speak to 
each audience and all of them collectively, and each of them could speak back into each other. And I started asking them how it was for them. And they started crying and they started sending love to each other. And the Arabs were sending love to the Israelis and the Israelis were saying, your God is my God. And everybody was big, big weep fest. Now, these are people who are brought up to hate each other, yet they came together in a way, and this went so viral all over the Middle Eastern internet. And I found that another case too, when I was doing this for the 10th anniversary of 9-11, I had both Arabs and Americans participate in sending intention to lower violence in Afghanistan. And once again, the two sides started sending love to each other on my Facebook pages, and they started forgiving each other. So my desire and plan is to do a big experiment next year that will bring Republicans and Democrats together. And so it's not about worrying about who is in charge or did the wrong person get in charge. It's about bringing people together to a unity and, and bringing out the love and a care and, and feeling that we all have that's all inside of us. You know, we all have this. And that is really our birthright and not hate, division, separation, competition. And this goes full circle, because at the beginning, you and I were chatting about the Einstein quote, you can't change something at the same level of thinking you created it at. So voting somebody in or out, that's how we got people in. That's not how we're going to change the landscape. And so this is another approach, another different level of thinking. And it starts with intention and healing your own mind. And then that will go out globally to human consciousness. Love it. Lynn, there's probably many people that want to know about training, like, hey, I want to fine tune my setup of power of aid, or I want to learn how to do this better. Um, um, there's, I, we have a lot of um, health professionals that watch this. Do you have any offerings that you can share? I know we have the lynnmctaggart.com website, but do you have anything coming up in the near future um, for both public and practitioners that may be of interest to them so they can continue this learning and uh, process? Well, every year I do once a year, I open my doors to do a Power of Eight Intention Masterclass, uh, a six-week weekly webinar course for me, which is in, I put people into intention boot camp, basically, and I teach them how to deal with, you know, what are the 13 keys to intention mastery? And there are 13. There are, there are techniques that I've put together that's an amalgam of both science and the workies and practices of a number of ancient modalities, too. So, and I know they work because they work in our my experiments and all the things we, we look at. So after that, I put people into groups of eight or more in their time zone, and they meet virtually every week throughout the year. They also have four bonus calls from me. And weekly, I'm in touch with everybody with tips, advice, guidance, monitoring. There's an online monitoring system so they can see where they're going. And we have feedback. We have constant feedback throughout the year. And people can find out about it in my website, lynnmctaggart.com, if they're interested in joining. And that's really open for everyone. For professionals who want to try to teach this, I'm working on a train the trainer course. Because while this seems like a deceptively simple practice that everyone can follow, and that's one reason I wrote the book, in order to teach it, you really need to know science and a lot of science and a lot of, a lot of technique. So I'm trying to provide that for people so they can get certified and, and carry on with that. So there's kind of those levels. Lynn, uh, thank you very much for joining me today and sharing this uh, information. Again, it's lynnmctaggart.com. 
She's got lots of podcasts and blogs, and now you know about her masterclass and then um, stuff even for healers. If you're interested in more conscious talk, we got uh, interviews with Bruce Lipton, Bill Bankston, Dawson Church, many more. Lynn, I hope to have you back on as well. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact AccuBalance Wellness Center. At AccuBalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the AccuBalance Fertility Diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to AccuBalance.ca. That's A-C-U-Balance.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe. Thank you.